Good afternoon. It is Friday, May 25th, 2012. This is Chickie Fitzgerald, the founder of the Executive Girlfriends Group. And our guest today is Susan Butler. And Susan has written a number of books. Uh, we're going to talk today primarily about a book called Women Count, A Guide to Changing the World. But Susan is also the author of a book called Become the CEO of You Incorporated. Susan, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be with you and your audience today. What a wonderful Friday morning. <laughs> it is. It's actually glorious here. We uh it is starting to get a bit hot, but you know, being in Tampa, Florida, I think we have a little different flavor of hot than you do in Tucson, Arizona. I, I think I think that's true. I think that's true. <laughs> and I'm glad you're there and I'm not. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I did a huge project uh, a number of years ago in Las Vegas that spanned about 18 months, and the only thing I liked about the dry heat was that my hair looked great every day, <laughs> but my skin looks better living in Tampa than it yeah, does if I lived I can, in the desert. I can, uh, I, I'll agree with that. <laughs> now, Susan, I know that you are uh, officially retired, but tell us what you retired from and uh, a little bit about your life in Tucson, Arizona. Well, I had a very exciting career with what was Arthur Anderson, then converted to Anderson Consulting, uh-huh. and now is Accenture. I was the first woman hired um, by Arthur Anderson Company in their consulting division, and this is after I graduated from Purdue University. Um, Were you but from, I was, from Indiana originally? Uh, I'm from Illinois. Oh, okay, because I, I grew up not far from Purdue. So, so is that right? Well, we, we have been, lots in common. Yeah, we do. I can hardly wait for you to get to Tucson. Um, uh, I uh, spend a week a month at Purdue uh, oh, teaching and coaching and whatever comes comes up. So I went to Arthur Anderson um, in the consulting uh, practice and 14 years later was the first woman that they had promoted to partner Wow. Um, it was it was a pretty exciting career, uh, and I've basically written about it in my uh, Become the CEO of You, Inc. book because I learned a lot along the way, like, um, you know, how to make things happen for you rather than let things happen to you. Basically, um, I had to, you know, create my own career. I had to perform as a partner before I was uh, admitted into the partnership, and then I had some very exciting opportunities after that as the managing partner of of the office in Philadelphia, and I ultimately ended up in the as the managing partner of the office of the CEO. Mm. And that gave me a, a, a wonderful global responsibility because it was that during that time that um, Anderson Consulting actually became Accenture. Um, we won right. uh um our our we broke off from Arthur Anderson. We were our own entity. We had to create our new name. We had to become um a we were a partnership before. We had to become a company so we could do an IPO. And so the rest is kind of history, but when I started there was around 450 in the consulting side of the business and there was around 200,000 when I left 36 years later. Mm. So with that, um, when I retired, somebody said, Susan, what do you want to say you've achieved in five years? 
And I had no idea. Nobody had ever asked me that question before. But I said, um, I want to have impacted zillions of women and girls to be all they can be. Mm. And what that did was it gave gave me a North Star for everything that I'd really been doing because I'd been mentoring. Since I was the first woman, uh, I had been mentoring women throughout my career and helping them build their careers. And I had a place now for my two books and and my website and my Institute for the Development of Women Leaders and and all of that. So that's what I've been doing for, I have to say, 12 years now. And I'm still going like gangbusters. Um, so you're not the kind of retired where you sit back and eat bonbons absolutely not absolutely (laughs) not everybody looks at me and says Susan you're working harder now than you were then but I've got a real mission and my real mission is um, by 2020 to bring equality and sight for women and this goes Mm. you know kind of feeds into uh, my book Women Count A Guide to Changing the World but uh, that is my passion right now. In addition to, I continue to help women and girls be all they can be. But I'm really focused on helping corporations be all they can be by getting more women in the senior leadership roles. And who talked you into becoming an author? Because that that is actually uh, more daunting than a lot of people suspect. I mean, the writing, if you're a good writer, that actually can come quite easily. Yeah. But the whole, uh, you know, actually getting the book out there in the hands of people who are going to read it. Uh, you're absolutely right. I, I don't I don't know that I really knew what I'd bit off, you know, mm-hmm. when I said I was going to write a book. People said, Susan, you need to document just because you were so many, you know, you had yeah. so many firsts in your career. And uh, I didn't want to write a biography. I didn't have the information. You know, one of the things I I thought of is, why didn't you journal, you know, mm. for 36 years? I mean, look what you could have had to really have meat for a, um, a book. Well, Wow, that's a blog in and of itself. Have you written that on your blog? You need to do that. <laughs> no, I haven't, but I, I um that's great I haven't, advice, but that's though. a good idea. Uh but but what I decided was that I really when people said, Susan, how did you create your career? I said, you know, I proactively um decided where I was gonna go every three to five years. And that was because the the Anderson Consulting or Accenture was was changing their strategy, and I had to make myself indispensable. Um, and so I had to always be on on strategy and making sure that what I was doing was going to help the company uh, build their you know implement their strategy. So then I realized, well, okay, and I was helped create the change management practice. So we talked about you know, this model of how you implement change, the idea of developing your aspiration, um, putting a team together, putting your plan together, and working the model or working the plan every day. So I converted that to become the CEO of U Inc. and how to make your career happen. So I my, pro, my philosophy was read my book so you, ha- you learn from what I've done so you don't have to learn it the hard way. You got enough right. to learn. Right. So it was actually I I had somebody that was helping me write it too which helped. So 
the second one was much easier because I got a person right. to help me right from the beginning. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, I, you're, you're you're absolutely right. I did my first book all all alone, and it took nine months. And then I I broke my book into a couple of pieces and updated it several years later. And I got three books kicked out in one year. And it's like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's a great way to accelerate. So why don't we just jump right in and and talk about Women Count? Who did you write this for? What what was your uh, really your motivation, and, and who did you picture reading it and, and gleaning from the uh, Actually, it's interesting because when we launched this book on the um, 90th anniversary of the Women's Right to Vote, which so it was in 10, um, I had a panel for women to describe, you know, what they thought about the book, what they got out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had a woman that was in college, And her comments were, you know, I would never have picked this book up because I would have thought it was for my sister or my mother. Um, But she said, you know, she got so much out of it, she was amazed because it talks about um, the pioneers. And some of the people, I mean, some of the people that won, you know, I mean, did you know that Eli Whitney really did not um invent the cotton gin mm-hmm. it was invented by um a young woman who was on the plantations and she saw the work that was being done you know by taking the uh seeds out of the cotton how how laborious that was so she right. came up with the idea of course in her day and age uh she couldn't get a she I, she probably didn't even know what a patent was so she saw this young chap, and this young chap was Eli Whitney, and the rest is history. Hmm. So there's a, it's you know it's kind of some fun things like that um, that people that are in the footnotes rather than in the history books. Um, I also talked a little bit about how um, education came about because in the early days women's weren't women didn't get educated. So it was some of that historical value, but I really wanted to get to today because I'm tired of counting women. And so I wanted people to understand where we've come from, you know, what people like Gloria Steinem did for us right. um, to get us to where we are today. But what we need to do as women today to make this a better world for having been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, to bring about equality for women. Susan B. Anthony always thought that if we got the right to vote, we'd, get, we'd be equal too. Well, we know that that's not the case. And, and so th- that's what this is all about, and I write about people, friends that I have that are changing the world by what they're doing and how we all need to get on board to make this world a better place for our having been here. Well, I love that. And in my new venture, I'm I'm a serial entrepreneur and constantly uh, you know, looking at new things that can and can and should be done. And my new venture, uh when my partner partner and I first started talking about what we wanted to do and start started getting some momentum around the ideas and getting excited, she said, "Well, we are going to rock the world." So our new company is called Rock the World Enterprises. 
And, uh, you know, one of our primary uh, tenets of the company is that we are going to change the world in, in a major way. And, and a big piece of that is that we give back 5% of all of our, our net revenues for what we're doing. So, um, you know, I am right with you on wanting to drive toward that. And I my background is in the travel industry, and the travel industry is woefully uh, – uh, lacking women in leadership uh and you can tell every time you go to an industry conference there's so few women who are asked to be keynotes and or even who are asked to be panel panelists a lot of times they'll ask them to be moderators but not the actual panelists and uh so that's just a a symptom of of the bigger problem clearly that's typical that's very typical yes in every industry right not, so let's not just take travel. a look at at the book, and, and you've got it structured in four different sections. The first part is called The New Math, and I'll let you go back and tell us about each of these, uh, but let's set the stage for our listeners. So The New Math, and then uh, under that you talk about by the numbers, changing the equation, a better formula, and making it all add up. And then you move into a, the section that you were just referring to called The Pioneers, which sounds to me it's like uh, the – the rest of the story uh, behind the scenes. So uh, leading ladies, uh, the various movements, and our turn to change the world. Then you move into the more current discussion of the change is happening and change our educational system, our organizations, our communities, and changing our giving, which uh, I, I am now seeing we're going to have lots to talk about when I come to uh, – to Tucson. And then the last section is what I think you were just alluding to is that now it's your turn. That it, this isn't something that you sit back and wait for Gloria Steinem to do. It, now it's your turn. Dream big, change lives, change the world. Change the world one woman at a time and changes and shifts. So let's start back with the new math. Out of that whole uh section of, of looking at the numbers, and, and I know you said you're tired of that, but can, can we revisit that a little bit? What are the statistics, and why should they trouble us? Well, the, they should trouble us because, um, you know, when you look in any way, shape, or form you want to, um, we are less than 20%, no matter what you count. Uh, uh, but people will say, but... Education is different. We're we're um, uh, graduating more women than you know men. You know, well over fifty percent, and that's true. And and corporations and organizations are bringing in more women because that's the talent pool. Uh, but by the time and and moving them up to to manager, and there's still a you know maybe forty percent at that level. But by the time you get up into the senior ranks, um, it's less than 20%. And, uh, you know, if you get up to the CEO ranks, mm-hmm. um, it's less, I mean, it's a single digit. I mean, it fluctuates, but it's a single digit um, in Fortune 500 companies. So, right. I mean, the focus is, is why is all of this happening and what can we do about it? And that's what we're all trying to figure out and hopefully – with your new uh, Rock the World Enterprises, you know, we'll get you on board to help make this change happen too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because it's, you know, even in like in government, I mean, we're less than 20% of, mm. you know, Congress. Equal representation, right? Right. Um, so we need to do something about it, and that's what we're doing is setting the stage for the reason. Now, a lot of people will say, 
a lot of women, unfortunately, uh, will say, um, well, I made it, so you can too. But um, we as women need to really work, I mean, be out there helping other women. Uh, And that's not happening too well lately. Still not happening. Um, But but my goal is for organizations to say, we want women in every uh, recruiting pool or new, you know, new position, we want women in that pool that we've developed that have come right. up through the ranks. Right. But the CEOs have to take responsibility for that and make it happen. Help or they you know do. work to and make you it. Know, we've talked about this also at the board level that companies, you know, statistically it's been proven that companies that have more women on the board are more profitable. And yet we don't have any way to train women or, or to get them uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not certified, but get them to be an interesting board member to a company, right? Because they tend to select the same kind of people, and and the women aren't in those pools. Well, they're not. But that you know, I say corporations are at fault there because they aren't developing their own people to get up into the senior ranks, which is where those people come from. Exactly. And to get them in pool in capable of being in pools for CEOs, again, where those people come from. So if we don't have the mechanism to give them the skills and the capabilities, certainly they're not going to get there. Um, So it is something that we need to work on. Um, I was looking at a a presentation that I did in uh, uh, Singapore, and and I, I was saying we got to get rid of groupthink. I mean, that's that's why the you know the existing people at the top, you know, want people like themselves. It's because they all look and act alike, and they are easy to get on board with new decisions and that kind of thing. But it's been proven, like you said, that diversity of thought is the name of the game today. Because it does impact the financial bottom line. It does impact, you know, the earnings to the shareholder. It does bring about, bring about innovation. Because you when you have diversity of thought, you get better solutions. Right. And people today need to be innovative. Um, exactly. So there's just lots of benefit. But, but this group think thing, you know, I, I jokingly say, but I think it's true, that um, we wouldn't be in the economic situation that we're in today if it had, if we'd had uh, uh, layman brothers and sisters instead of just layman brothers. Exactly. Because the decisions would have been different. Right. Now, I know in the section uh, on the pioneers, you, you do talk about the various movements. And, and I know that there are a lot of women, uh, particularly those in, in my age group and even older, I'm, and I, I'm in my mid-50s, that because of some of the stigma that was attached to the early women's lib movements, um, we didn't want to be associated with that. Right. Um, but we believed in a lot of the principles, but we didn't want to be seen, you know, kind of with that activist uh, yeah. badge, you know, blazoned on us. So talk to me a little bit about those movements and the impact that they've had either to to propel us forward or perhaps even to further hold us back. 
Well, I I was in the midst of that movement. I'm a little older than you are, so uh-huh. um, it was happening when I was at Purdue. And I, too, said, you know, that's not me. I mean, this was Gloria and her bra-burning group. And, and uh, I said, that's not me because I was raised that – you know, by a family that said you can do anything you set your mind to do, and my sister was already out there doing it. So I didn't know why I needed that that group, and they were too rabble-rousing for me. But I have to tell you that as I look back now where we are, I say thank God for Gloria Steinem and thank God for Betty Friedan and the things that they did because they really got got a movement going to change the way, um, you know, people looked at us. Um, And I have to say that uh, as much as I I wasn't a part of that, um, I'm looking and saying today, well, Susan, are you the new Gloria Steinem? Now, I'm not the rabble rouser. (laughs) Right. But I can tell you I am all about making change happen Right. And bringing about equality and pay and opportunity and leadership for women. Right. Well, I'm definitely the rabble rouser side. So, you know, we learned from them. We learned what we yeah. didn't want to do. But we can say thank you very much, Gloria. And I hope to, in one of these me- meetings that I get, in, you know, involved with, she'll be sh- she'll be there and I can say thank you very much. I w- didn't agree with you at the time, but I can say thank you very much for what you did. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, as we take a look at the change that is happening, and, you know, you mentioned the uh, the right to vote, and, and, you know, you don't have to watch the news for very long for them to start talking about the impact of the female vote and what, what is going to happen in the fall as a result of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether that is, uh, you know, and, and the media makes it almost sound uh, as simple as, you know, one of the candidates is more attractive to women than the other, you know, which is a, a fairly large slam on our, our gender. It certainly um, is. <laughs> but but what change do you see and, and that is encouraging you, and, and how can we get involved to spur change in the education system and in our own organizations in the communities? And I, I, I want to separate the discussion of giving because I, I want to hear right. about that separately. Right. Well, first of all, um, I want I I think that each one of us needs to look around where we are. I mean, every everything that we participate in, and say, you know, why am I the only one here? Uh, how can we make a difference? How can we get more people in the pipeline? How can we right. how can we retain more of these outstanding women, these talented women? Because if we don't retain them, you know, there's going to be a war for talent like there was a few years ago. Because they are really the talented, you know, more than half of the talent base. And if we're not retaining them in our organizations or pulling them up, you know, we're losing. The organization is losing. Yes. So it's unfo- it's interesting because it's it's not something that people do on, you know, just naturally. I mean, I go into a room and I count, but I don't know that everybody else does. And I was giving a talk um, of, around this topic, and this young woman who works for Accenture said, Susan, she said, I just realized that my team has nine guys and one woman. 
<laughs> I mean, she didn't realize that. She, I mean, it hadn't. I mean, it just. She, she was clueless about it. So it's one of those blind spots that we have. And I think there's a lot that we can do. Uh, one of the things that I'm working with an organization about, uh, in a few weeks we're going to have our women's summit. And the CEO is going to come, going to speak. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to do, um, you know, we're going to talk to women about where they see themselves and how they see them moving up, themselves up the ladder to give them a boost to want to get up there and then talk to women about helping them get up there and um uh, and then bring the CEO in and and let him see the the I mean cuz these are top women in the firm see this massive group of 50 women that he's got you know to think about well how am I using these talent you know this talent right so, you know, it's a top-down, bottoms-up thing. The CEO's got to want to do it, and the women have got to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so. and so you talked a little bit about what you saw at the university level, and I know you're involved both in Indiana and there at home in Arizona uh, with higher education. And, you know, is is this an issue of the executives within the university structure becoming more female or is it how they treat uh female students well there's there's a few things one is uh we're working on getting more women up through the tenure process to be professors mm-hmm. so that we can get more um you know women professors right uh we're working with the department heads who all these women well all the faculty report to and to get them so they are more appreciative of women in their department and will help them because, again, they have blinders. Um, and and then I'm talking to the students about, you know, becoming the CEO and about thinking about where you are in five years and making a plan to do that and who's on your team. So that's what I'm doing at the university level I'm going out to corporations then, people, you know, women that are in the corporations and getting them jazzed about moving up the corporate ladder and trying to help them with some of their issues like work-life balance and how to have a family and incorporate it with, with, you know, your career, et cetera. Right. And, you know, it's funny because we were talking uh, before we started the recorded portion of this about – my daughter is going out to this camp called Wings to Fly, which is all about building, you know, lifelong self-esteem in teen girls. And I think it actually begins way back at this point. My daughter is is 14, and I don't think she can imagine being anything but a CEO because that's what she's seen at home. I remember when I was growing up, my father was a minister, and I always thought I would grow up to be a minister's wife, you know, because uh, yeah. my mother was also a teacher, but you know, I, I just thought that's what was going to happen. And and I think if we let these young girls know that that is actually something they can aspire to and that it isn't just something that they have to go work for someone, that they're the ones who make things count. I, you know, I, I, again, I think it takes those strong women at home who realize that this isn't just a workplace issue. It's how do we begin to educate our daughters when they Well, that's very true. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I well, 
my co-writer for this book was a man, and mm-hmm. he has three daughters. And he said, mm-hmm. Susan, I learned so much from helping you with this book. And um, when when we launched it, the um, the moderator uh, read the book, and he said, Susan, and he has daughters, Susan, every man ought to read this book because they don't understand the situation. They don't wow. understand how hard we've had to work. One of the women on our panel was from South Africa. Her comment was, I didn't know the American women had to work so hard to get to where they are today. Hmm. And and so I and I talked to men about you need to start um mentoring your young girls like you do your your sons. Right. They need your help. They right. may not realize it, but they need your help just like your sons do. So I that's why I want to talk to you about getting to this camp to see if we can, you know, those 14 girls, get them kind of turned on to, you know, oh, where, where do they want to be? Absolutely. And, and uh, I, when we're done, I, I'm going to introduce you to Rini Cavallari because you, you two are, are uh, of one mind for sure. And she's, she is a real dynamo. And, and they do two sessions of this camp every year. But it's a small number of girls. And, you know, I would love to see, you know, a level of impact. And we've talked about this amongst the Executive Girlfriends group of, of how can we reach out. And uh, one of our board members wrote a book called From Cinderella to CEO. And, you know, it talks about the leadership lessons, you know, that we learn through all of these different fairy tales, but that life isn't a fairy tale and that, right. you know, you really are the one. So this is this is definitely a passion of mine. And uh, Well, maybe this is a new business venture that we could do. You bet. You bet. I, talk I, I about would love that. to talk about that. Yeah, again, it's another way to rock the world. So so let's talk about now it's your turn because, you know, I'm very, very action-oriented, and, you know, I, things go from an idea. I was just explaining to my partner yesterday because we have a little bit of a difference in our styles of operation. And I told her, you know, an idea goes from my head to my fingers into graphical design into a document that describes, like, the whole thing end to end. And that process all takes about 15 or 20 minutes. Oh, well, we are like minds. We are like minds. You know, she was saying, well, you know, why don't you involve me more? And And I said, well, because this is how I work. And it isn't to the exclusion of anybody else, but the notion that I would have to stop that thought process to ask somebody else what they thought about it rather than showing them what was in my head. Um, but, yeah, I'm those who know me well and, and certainly our executive girlfriends group members who have listened to enough of these calls know uh, that you are talking right up my alley. And, and, again, I've got a bunch of women in this organization who also feel very passionately. And we touch, a, you know, the, even though we don't have a lot of participation on the calls anymore uh, on a weekly level, the women in this organization, are at the highest levels in you know some very major organizations you know American Express, Wyndham, uh, Carlson Company, um, you know Oracle. Uh, you know just you go yeah. right down the line Great. on both the you know the Fortune 100, Fortune 500. Um, uh, again, industry sector were kind of skewed 50% or more toward the travel industry, but that's more because of my background than anything. Mm-hmm. But the travel industry is filled with technology, 
uh, expertise and companies that, that yeah. all they do is sell technology. Everybody says, you know, when I say I'm in the travel industry, oh, well, do you have a travel agency? Well, yeah, I happen to run a $50 million, you know, hotel booking site for, for uh, an investor. But, no, I don't have a travel agency that you right. can walk into and book travel. Um, but, anyway, we just have this amazing sphere of influence and the reach of the Executive Girlfriends Group and their ability to adopt uh, you know, uh, and mentor the younger uh, group is is huge. In fact, we started a group a couple of years ago, and it's been a little tough to get momentum here because these younger uh, women in business are all just working so hard to be successful, just like you said. But we call that um, our next-gen group, which is the Next Generation Leaders Group. Right. So my question for that group, that your executive women, is um, how are they going to get – 30 to 35 percent women at the top, because that's the goal. By 2020, we want to reach uh, upwards of 30 percent at all levels, boards, senior leadership, um, probably not Love CEOs, but um, that that's our goal. Hey, dream big, change uh, lives, change the world. Exactly. I'm throw your chapter titles right back. Exactly <laughs> right, and that so that's what we're going to that's. That's what we're all focusing on. I mean, you know, there's been enough research on this whole problem or opportunity um, that we don't need any more research. Uh, We just need to figure out how to make it happen, and that's what we're all working on. There's lots of company or organizations today. I'm a part of Vision 2020, which is out of Drexel University, and we've got links to every state and making big-time change happen in in leadership roles, in opportunity, and in pay uh, to get equality uh, by 2020, which is the 100th anniversary of the right to vote. So that's the focus. So I'd like to get your executive women really turned on with that and say, gee, we can do that. Let's figure it out. We need to get women trained up up through the pipeline. I love it. I love it. And, you know, that that might uh, breathe some life back into getting people more engaged and more involved as well because, you know, we've become more of just a a passive resource uh, to the Executive Girlfriends Group because we've got, I don't know, maybe 300 uh, recorded interviews on the topics of of leadership and innovation and uh, entrepreneurialism and career pathing and, and life balance. And, so maybe we can uh, repackage all of that uh, resource that we have and uh, find something new to do with it. I am well, let's so come up with it. I'm coming to Tucson. I'm, I'm yeah, this is going to be fun because the the thing is is maybe it's not repackaging it. Maybe right. we've got a different stream of consciousness that says, okay, let's put a stake in the ground there and let's figure out how to do it and right. use this as a cohort of 300 women that can make a change in their companies and make a yes. change in the world. Yes. And figure out how to do it. Absolutely. And then they can help one another make things happen. Exactly. Well, Susan, it has been wonderful. Again, Susan's book is Women Count, A Guide to Changing the World. And her other book that she uh, uh, wrote, uh, and it was back in, I think, 2006. There's a new edition out as of March 1, or May 1. Becoming the CEO of You Incorporated, right. and these um, 
our secrets for career success, and I think you were telling me earlier that you've got some career mapping uh, that you talk about in there. And and so both of these books are available on the Executive Girlfriends Group uh, website, and uh, they were published by Purdue University Press. Right. And Susan, can you tell folks how they can find you, your blog, Twitter, uh, all of those things? Right. Um, I, I'm out there on Facebook under Women Count. Tw- uh, Twitter is uh, Susan B. Butler. LinkedIn is Susan Space Butler. And uh, my email is Susan at sbbboyboyinstitute.org, all one word. My website is www.sbbinstitute.org. And I, I'm, you know, I'm available via email to anybody. For our Executive Girlfriends Group uh, members, all of that information that Susan just rattled off so kindly for us, it is uh, available in her profile on the private platform on the Executive Girlfriends Group. Patty uh, Brinkman, our executive producer, uh, has made sure that you will not only be able to find her books, but also uh, to be able to get that information. So if you happen to be driving or out out walking and listening to us uh, on on uh, your iPod, uh, you'll be able to find that information when you get back. And Susan, again, thank you so much. I cannot wait to meet you in two weeks, or I guess that's three weeks from now. Um, and we will find a way to rally uh, our membership and to get folks uh, working toward uh, that same goal. Because, again, this isn't just about a women's movement. It's about changing the economic structure of our world because the profitability will go up as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I got yeah. it. Yeah, great. <laughs> I haven't even finished reading the book yet, and I've got it. So. Yeah, good, 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 great. Well, it's All been right. great fun, so thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, terrific, and I'll send you a separate email on uh, on. Getting I'd love together, it, and I'll but... see you in three weeks. Okay, Susan, thank you so much, and thank you, Patty, for uh, for booking her. And uh, for those of you who are not members of the Executive Girlfriends Group, if you would like to know more about the organization, you can look on www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. We'd love to hear from you, any ideas you have. uh, And if you want to participate in what we've just been talking about, now's the time to get in. Thank you again, Susan, and have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. You do the same. Enjoy. And come out and enjoy the Tucson weather. Absolutely. My hair will look great. I do know that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.